John. Mary Lee. What are you doing? I'm cleaning my office, actually. Nice. Yeah. No, no, no. No. <laughs> no? <laughs> what inspired you to do that? <laughs> well, I'm following your lead. You know, get rid of stuff. Don't be afraid. Don't be yeah. afraid. Right. <laughs> yeah. I know. The junk. Uh, well, that's good. I'm not doing that. Well, you're doing pretty good stuff, I think. From what, I, from what I've seen, <laughs> yeah. should, I think you should. We should get you set up on Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> that, that sounds weird. Okay. <laughs> well, I just got back from farmers market. Yeah. Yeah, farmers market people are my people. Well, that's good to hear. Seriously, it's like why why go to the store? Oh. Well, I, th- I think I think it's a valid position. I mean, not everybody has access to, uh, yeah. you know, farmers markets, but those that know. do, um, we have one of the largest. I think we have the oldest ongoing farmers market in the United States. The one under the with, tent with the fish and everything. That well, one? it's yeah. Well, it's not a tent. I mean, it's but it's the, the guy yeah. throws the salmon. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. Yeah, as a matter of fact, um, they have a lot of goodies there, and I had bought, <laughs> oh gosh, I was there with, with the guy I was dating at the time, and this woman was selling rocks that were engraved, and uh-huh. I and all of her, I just loved all of her sayings, okay, and I'm like, oh my god, I gotta have this one, oh my god, I gotta have this one, he's like, you're gonna have them all? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes, I have to have them all. And so I, you know, had to pack up rocks to to bring home. And uh one of them uh, he he who is without sin, you know, uh throw, you know, let him throw throw the first stone, right? Yep. I had that on a big rock. And then I have a little one that says the first stone. Well, <laughs> <laughs> and uh unfortunately over the course of many you know many um galas that i had at my home somebody took that stone that rock and i thought to myself really you're going to come to my home eat drink and be merry be entertained for free and then you're going to steal from me you know that's too bad i know It does. It does happen. And so, you know, I think about it quite often, actually. And um, I'm like, yeah, I got to go back and get get the other half. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But you know what? I I mean, I think of it like this. Whoever has the stone, they know exactly where they got it from. And I let it go because I think to myself, you know, after a while, even though they probably feel a little guilty about it, it's probably very sentimental because they know it was mine. You know what I mean? Well, I don't, how do you get sentiment out of that? I mean, because uh, it was mine, you know, it's, yes. it's, it's who I am and you know, why they were there, you know, what, what was going on and just who I am to, you know, the people that I entertain. And so, uh, you know, there's always a lot of love going on there. And well, all right. So I guess maybe that was someone's way of keeping a piece of you. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I mean, maybe that wasn't the intent in the beginning. You know, maybe it wasn't. But I think, you know, over the years, because it's been, gosh, it's been a while now. It's been probably eight years. Mm-hmm. You know, and then just time passes and you grow and mature. Think about things that you've done. And if they still have it, it you know, it's kind of like. I don't know. It's like it, it's like a catch twenty two. You know, it's like you know that you should probably return it. You don't want to be guilty, but on the other hand, it's like it kind of means something to you. You don't want to give it back. <laughs> I don't know. It's like you just you let go and let God. I don't know. I don't know. How to, I mean, I've I've never had I've had stuff stolen from me. Uh, um, like you know, a camera. Stuff like that. I mean, oh, you know, pick up yeah. no, no, no sentiment. Let's just no. lift this guy's camera. Um, in the early days uh, in Missoula, we were the last house 
1900, we were the last, <laughs> speaking of time, in 1900, we were the, we were the last house before you went to the University of Montana campus. And between us and the campus was where the circus set up. Mm. And, uh, and so we had, and we were just growing our first, our trees, everything else. And the elephants would come and scratch their back on our trees. My grandfather would get pissy about that uh, because they were pushing over our trees and whatever. But the worst part was that the gypsies who followed the circus would rob our house. And oh. um, we probably had to post a guard. Wow. I wasn't born. I wasn't alive then, of course. That was, you know, it's my grandfather's mm -hmm. day. But, but yeah, we were we were um, right there, and um, that was it. Elephants, giraffes, circus, whatever, right there. Wow. Between us and the campus. I've actually sat so. on an elephant. I've never done that. What was it like? Uh, you're pretty high up there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything looks pretty dwarfed. Wow. Did yeah, you get picked up like by the trunk and all that business? No, no. It was it was like, I don't know, maybe Halloween or I don't know, something going on. And it was in our town. And the zookeeper, I don't know what he was, elephant keeper, he had set up like this huge tent and, with the elephant. And then you just got to get on the elephant and take a picture. And, uh -huh. um, you know, of course, I'm going to do that because I have to I have to gravitate to the elephant. And yeah, and they ne and they never did it again, John. I never thought about that till right now. Wow, they never a, came you, back, huh? You have a big affinity with elephants. Yes, I do. Personally, I do. Mm -hmm. So would, was it then as well, or was that just a coincidence, or was that the beginning, or what? I don't, I don't think I connected the dots then. It's just you know, you just have a love for something. You don't understand yeah. the meaning in your life, but. You know, that was, uh, let's see, I think Sam and Peter were born, and we were all up there on the elephant. So, you know, prior to that, my first understanding of my love for elephants was when I was like, mm, I think like 18, I was going mm -hmm. to, you know, junior college, and we had to do this this assignment where you uh, put stuff on the outside of your bag, and then all your classmates put stuff in the bag that remind them of you. And anyway, I had put an elephant. That was, you know, what, what would you want to be? An elephant. That's what I would choose. And, you know, I just, it's never gone away. Well. They're highly um, intelligent. They're loyal. They're powerful. You know, they're intimidating. And they're so loving. Yeah. That fits you. Hmm. That fits you. Yeah. You don't look like an elephant, but that's what you're identifying with one. Yeah. And they... <laughs> Man, I tell you, it's a sign from the universe when the elephants start coming, and they they did. I thought there's hmm. there's a lot of myth and 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 uh, I guess myth. I'm not giving myth a bad connotation here. Myth is just how we think about stuff, mm -hmm. you know. And some of it comes true and some of it doesn't. So myth is just a as a form of consciousness, I think. But how we identify with animals. Mm -hmm. Or animals' capacity to do things for us, with us, or something like that, um, and it's um, it's it proliferates within uh, within Indian tribes, pretty specifically where they do pick up they pick up spirit animals very mm -hmm. easily, and they also name their children after whatever animal they happen to see after the birth, right? Um, which is cool, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's uh, I've you know I've. I learned to uh, I learned through the the Colville Nation to uh, become familiar with with coyotes, which I mm -hmm. you know they're not coyotes, they're coyotes. Yeah. And, I... At least in my culture. Mm. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Why uh, why the significance? Of, I mean, in the pronunciation, like tomato, tomato. Well, just because that's I mean, it's it's regionally cultural for me. Mm. Uh, in you know, in in Western Montana, we we saw coyotes, mm. not coyotes, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and um, same with uh, all the way into the Okanagan, uh, going east. Everything it was a coyote, not a coyote. But remember, Wiley Coyote. <laughs> sure, 
course I do. He wasn't Wiley e. Coyote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. So I don't. Okay. I, I don't really know, but <laughs> no matter. Doesn't Wiley wasn't Wiley e. Coyote the one that ran off the cliff and then yeah. figured out he was out there? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I've. I. That's a reoccurring thought to me. Yeah. Is for many things I've done is I was Wiley e. Coyote. Mm. I was out there. I've been out there lots of times. Lots of times. <laughs> yeah. And then there was um, the Roadrunner. Well, was he doing the same thing? Or am I, am I no, getting, the Roadrunner was always outsmarting him. Oh, they were together? They were a pair? Mm -hmm. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Yeah. Well, but, good. Um, yeah. I also, I love dolphins, too. I, I just have a thing for dolphins. I've had a few dolphins play off the bow now and then. Um, mm -hmm. Or, you know, versions of them. The little guys, too. Little, little guys, big guys, whatever they are. Um, they're fun when you're diving, when you're underwater. Nothing quite like having one of those bottlenose guys coming straight at you. Mm -hmm. And you are convinced that you're going to get skewered. And then they just, within almost inches, they dart away. Mm -hmm. And... uh you, if you haven't pooped your pants, you will. Uh, it's scary as hell. Because if you're in kelp with a like with a with a seal, yeah, and you're in kelp, which is like being in an underwater forest, right? And this bullet comes right through you, and pew. yeah. Huh. Yep. Well, I haven't done that. I have I have been in the ocean while there were you know dolphins around me, which was pretty cool. But you know I was young. So in my ignorance, it could have been dolphins and sharks for all I know. I don't know. But uh, I did swim with the dolphins in Mexico. And that, <laughs> it was a beautiful experience. I absolutely loved it. But everybody else was terrified. <laughs> so while well, I can see where you wouldn't be terrified, whether this was a, a gaggle, a, a gathering of dolphins that you swam with? A group? No, no, it's like you go swim with the dolphins and they're in captivity, like in a huge tank. Uh -huh. And uh, they're trained. And, you know, you just go with that. I'm going to trust you that they are trained. You know, they're good. And uh -huh. they, they put you in a life jacket and they say, okay, now go swim to the middle of the pool. <laughs> and it's out there and it's super deep. And you're like, okay. Uh, and my boys did it. Emma, Emma was the one who was insisting on doing it. And then we got there and she was like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not doing this. <laughs> So then I, you know, swim out to the middle and what you do is you swim out to the middle and then you put your hand out and the uh, dolphin will come by really fast. And you just grab onto their fin and then they bring you back in. And, oh, I see. Uh, yeah. Oh. And it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. What was that like? When you, fast. so you did that, you did that part where you grabbed the fin and they yeah. took you in. Yeah. What was that like? That'd be like riding a horse or something. That's really cool. Well, I mean, yeah. you're you're riding a wave, you know. You're just yeah, being yeah. taken. Mm -hmm. yeah, but the, did you did you feel anything? Did you feel the relationship between you and the dolphin when you were doing that? Um, maybe not at that point. But when they bring you in, then the trainer and stuff he says, you know, this is whatever dolphins the name is, and you know, go ahead and pet her, and they, you know, she'll open her mouth and stick her tongue out, and says, go ahead, it's fine, just just pet her, like pet her tongue. She loves that. I was all about it. I mean, I'm like loving her and scrubbing that tongue and my son Peter, <laughs> Peter's like, mom. <laughs> I'm all about it. But you know what? Dolphins are so magical. So for me to be in the water with the dolphin, I don't know, probably affected me somehow. Probably gave me a gift. Well, I think so because I think dolphins were sort of the first thing that we started to, to start to pick up identity among the among the pedestrians of the world, mm. that animals had potentially cognitive ability. I think dolphins were the leaders in that. Mm -hmm. um, and have now you, it's sort of trickling down to everybody. Have you seen any videos where um, where they do assisted birthing, where women will go into the water with the dolphin, and the dolphins will come around the mother and, you know, basically ease her pain with some sonar, whatever sound they've got? And help deliver that child. I've not seen that. This yes. is like like a human being goes yes. in the water with the yes. dolphin, mm -hmm. and does so she deliver the child in the water or yes. out of the water? 
That's right, in the water. And it's proven that those children have a higher IQ. Is there anybody assisting besides the dolphins? Do you have a nurse or a doctor or anybody? Um, oh, I'm sure there's people around, most definitely. She's yeah. by herself. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they will they will surround her. They know that the baby's in there and that she's going to give birth. There's I I've never heard of that before. I'm glad you brought it up. But I I I do know that that um, animals, cats, domestic animals will tend to be around people that they that they're having a problem of some kind. Like if you're not feeling mm-hmm. well or sick, right. your dog or your cat will hang with you. You know. Right. And mm-hmm. um, that's they know they know mm-hmm. they're they're on it. The more we understand that, the better off we're going to be. Which is interesting. Because if you think about it like that, like if we're not feeling well, our cat or dog will come and they know something's wrong. And, you know, their whole demeanor is is relaxed and comforting. They'll be with you, right? That's right. But if they're not feeling well, they don't do the same. And I don't even think they expect it from us. Well, they tend to isolate themselves. I mean, that's what right. I, I, I'm most familiar with cats, but, but they will isolate themselves mm-hmm. and become, they become stoic uh, yeah. and in pain and in, in everything. They just hang, you know, they just sit there. And I, but the, I, I believe that has to do with the hunting instinct that they've always had between there's a little bit of uh, evolution coming forward with that, I believe, because they're stealthy. And I don't think that cats like to show pain because it gives away their position. And their whole purpose in life is to hide in the woods and kill rabbits and run by. Mm-hmm. And that's how they do it. And I think they're in pain. They, they force themselves to be that way so they don't get found out. Mm. Uh, I, think it's a, I think it's a conditioned response. Huh. I, don't think that's, I don't think they're thinking that through necessarily. I think they would probably... If they realize that the food is going to be around the corner, why well, they probably would come and say, "Hey, I don't feel good," you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now that's just my that's Doctor John who doesn't know what he's talking about speaking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, you mentioned stoic. Let's yeah. talk about that for a minute. All right. Because it has come up a few times, and it seems to me that the definition of um, being stoic. You know, some people take pride in it. And then when you read the definition, you're like, do you want to be that way? You know what I mean? What does it mean to you? Well, uh, to me, it's just simply uh, lack of activity and being quiet and not responsive. Uh, I, I don't know what the official definition is. I've never really looked it up that I'm aware of. Okay, so let's see. But um, <clears throat> have you got it in front of you there? Yeah. But, you know, of course, this dictionary that's on the apple phone it's not always that great you know it's better to go look it up but anyway it says um of or relating to the school of philosophy founded by zeno who taught that people should be free from passion unmoved by joy or grief and submit without complaint to unavoidable necessity this is zeno of zeno's paradox i it sounds like it how about that? Huh. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Hmm. Yeah, and the second one is characterized by a calm, austere fortitude befitting the Stoics, especially in the face of trouble or loss, not giving in to one's emotions. And a Stoic is a is a class of culture? Mm, yeah, 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 definitely. Mm-hmm. I would think you'd miss a lot of basic communication if you were a stoic in that context. Right. Um, you know. Mm-hmm. It says a member. Almost, almost Norwegian. <laughs> 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 right? It says a member or adherent of the, sto- the stoic school of philosophy. A person who maintains or affects the mental attitude advocated by the stoics great that's a great definition thank you very yeah. much for the clarity <laughs> <laughs> who's writing this stuff god <laughs> so stupid oh my god it's just like like love it's like well, i don't i love. don't i don't know what to say about that i mean um 
Yeah, it says um, noun. A person who maintains stoical qualities. The hell? <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Boy, is I just I just picked it up on Britannica. There's all sorts of stoic stuff. There's the Roman Stoicism and the Stoic novel by Dresler and uh, da, 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 Greek philosopher. Hmm. You know, there are. I think I posted. I posted one a video that it was you know talking about the Stoic and 15 things the Stoic does and. I posted it because I was agreeing with the philosophy in there. But by the definition, I don't agree. I don't, I don't agree that, you know, it's a good thing. It could be good depending on the circumstance. You know, you, you remain unmoved by the other person's behavior because that's usually a circumstance that triggers our, our behavior, you know, our emotions. So if you're not triggered, maybe you're considered stoic. Well, I may be a false positive uh, in terms of the definition. I don't know. Um, I don't really care for it myself. I don't think I could be with somebody like that. Oh, God, no. How, I mean, that'd be terrible. Right. It's like, yeah, are you no. never happy? You're not sad? What do you, what's going on in there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, that would be bad. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be around that person at all. Mm -hmm. um, uh, that's... Um, you know, there's no signals. There's no nothing that I'm yeah. aware of. Anyway. Yeah, and then you um, know, I mean, I've had, I've had people that I know advocate, you know, the whole stoicism philosophy, and and I'm like, hmm, there's no reason to be like that if you if literally if you're following the game, you don't well, need to. Well, right. But I'm just trying to think of it. Why would you want to be that? I mean, did they you ever talk to anybody about that? I think, um, no, but not in depth, no. But my my perception is that it's a sign of strength. You know, if you can handle your emotions, not break down, be unmoved, you know, don't become irate or whatever then you know you're powerful because you are the master of your puppet but see i don't i don't consider that being the master of your puppet i really don't because it's so much more powerful to have the answer to whatever the circumstance you're dealing with rather than to just you know toughen up stay quiet and be unemotional yeah i would see a stoic well i mean Again, I'm talking hot air here, but I, I would think that there would be uh, a, a stoic would be constantly swimming around in some form of applied logic and having a hell of a time dealing with the environment because um, they wouldn't even be trying. But see, I, I don't know, because according to that video that I posted, there was a lot of common sense. It was just a common sense of for human behavior. And that's why I posted it. I'm like, yeah, I, I do agree with this. But do I agree with the philosophy in general? I think it's been watered down, manipulated, twisted, depending on people's perception of the definition. Because it, it yeah, definitely but if you, but, if, hmm. but if you've got, I mean, if, if I'm in a, a room with people and I have someone that's sitting there, if I'm having a conversation and someone is sitting there constantly running through applied reasoning uh, and being very quiet, uh, I feel like I'm being I'm being graded all the time, mm -hmm. you know. And I, I I like I like novelty. I like free flow. I like to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, well, yeah, your your energy is going to burn out because there's nothing giving you life. You know, it's like come on, participate. Yeah. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, there's all these mathematical terms go into, you know, philosophy and theology, analytics and, and uh, you know, Zeno's paradox about chasing this, the turtle and whatever. Uh, I, I, um, I mean, they even have philosophy of art. I mean, what the hell is a philosophy of art? You know, you either do art or you don't. There we go. Why is it a, why is it a philosophy? You know, I missed a bunch of that because I got a call that came through and, um, and I was trying to get back to you, and I couldn't find you. So I, I'm sorry, I missed a little bit of that. 
Well, I'm talking about the philosophy of art. I mean, what I'm talking about is simply, simply the um, people who, who deal in analytics constantly or, or add philosophy to everything that, you know, from mousetraps to art. Um, I, I can see where you'd be, in, you'd be studying the concepts of something, how it got started, maybe art, starting maybe with, you know, petroglyphs and stuff like that. I and mean, that's a study. Uh, but that's a study. I, I don't. I don't believe you need to call it. Um, I guess I have to look up philosophy to see what philosophy is. What the hell is philosophy? What is philosophy? Thinking. What does that really mean? Is it just as simple as? Is it just as good as it's thinking? It's okay think, to think about thinking. Yeah, I think it's it's really a combination of observant. You know, you're observing, and then you're you're contemplating what you're observing. And then you come up with a philosophy about it. Plutarch was the guy that came up with philosophy, Western philosophy. Yeah. Among the ancient Greeks, classical antiquity of the present. Mm -hmm. Three basic purposes. One, to provide an overview of the history of philosophy in the West and so forth. It goes on, yeah, all right, whatever that is. Well, I don't watch, know. I'm going to look up philosophy and it'll say something philosophical. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, so, that's ridiculous I would think that the way well, yeah, I think you go back to you know like 600 before the Christian ethic you'd get the, you'd get the Chinese that was you know the, the Kung Fu guys they were bringing the Qing and the Wing and those boys were bringing in a lot of dynasty a lot of philosophy stuff about how to function Okay, so look, this one, this is a little better. This says, philosophy, the rational investigation of the truths and principles of being, knowledge, or conduct. Hmm. You think the game is a philosophy? Well, apparently, according to that definition, yeah. it is. It's a type of philosophy. Right? Yeah. According to this definition, it is. It says, any of the three branches, namely natural philosophy, moral philosophy, and metaphysical philosophy, that are accepted as composing this study. Maybe we should invent a name, a philosophical name for the game, because it encompasses a lot of what you're saying there. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe we don't have to reinvent the wheel. I don't know. You know, I don't know. Well, but... I mean, in, in the philosophical sense, you've got things like positivism, um, existentialism, ethics, mm -hmm. epistemology, mm -hmm. metaphysics, mm -hmm. modern philosophy. Aristotle's in there. Mm -hmm. um, Plato. They're all there. Well, you know, one of the reviews for the book came through and said, um, to say it's philosophy or or self-help, I think it's self-help or personal development, is it is an understatement. So he he didn't okay. think so. Yeah. Is an understatement? It's an understatement. To say it's philosophy. Mm -hmm. So that means to say it's philosophy. You're right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so it's it's more than that. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well. Okay. So it's so it's progressive. Mm -hmm. um, is it progressive? Well, yes. the, uh, okay, so a mm -hmm. philosophy, I guess it could be looked at as a philosophy if somebody reads it and goes, well, you know, that's your idea of truth, Merrily, based on your experience, whatever, that's your idea of truth, you know, accept or reject. Well, yes, and I mean, that would get it because that you could tag it to culture, you know, Islamic philosophy or or uh, modern philosophy, Western philosophy, Chinese philosophy, da 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 philosophy. Put you know, put down your first word and put philosophy afterwards. So what's the so love philosophy? Yeah, the philosophy of love. But the thing is, it's um, it they're all definitions. I give you definitions. I, it's not a philosophy in the way of consider this <laughs> right well you're lighting the way you know yeah but i mean so if, i suppose yeah if you look at all the rules or all the pieces they're all defined all those behaviors are defined 
and undisputed thus far. Well, all right. So you, so yeah, you're, you're tied to emotions in some way. Um, I am. Well, I think it's love and emotion. No, it's a state. It's a station. It's a state of mind. No, see, okay, so that's glad you you said that. Love is why didn't, not. Why did I say that? Why didn't I say that? Why did you say it? I don't know why you said it, but you said love. Because I knew I'd get you for it. I knew I'd get you. <laughs> Damn! I walked right into it. <laughs> okay, right. All right. Well, then, do I need to go there? Because it's you know, love is not an emotion. And I, that reminds me of our podcast, like the other day, like we were talking about it, and oh, when I was giving the definition of love. Okay, the definition of love is the absence of pain, according to Marilee. Now, but I can define that. So when people say, and that's not true, love hurts all the time. We're always heartbroken. You know, and you look at all your circumstances and, you know, the pain of the breakup or the loss or the this or the unfortunate event, whatever it is, that's an emotion, but that's not love. You're feeling the emotion of the thought process. That could be that could be your big breakthrough, actually, in terms of the uh, the academy, is that you're able to separate love from emotion. Mm-hmm. And that you you do that in your. I mean, that's a philosophical approach that you have, really. That that you don't tie love to emotion, and I think everybody in the known universe would tie love to emotion, excepting you. Right, because not. <laughs> It's not an, yeah, it's just not an emotion. But the thing is, yeah, but the thing is, you see, is that, that you have to experience, in your context, you have to experience love before you realize it's not emotion. You know, the emotions are also there in another different context. But for you, love is an experience. It's almost ethereal. I mean, it's, it's cosmic. It's not okay. emotions. So what's interesting about this is that the idea of the emotion, okay, if we love, to be stoic is to be void of the emotion. Yeah, I don't see that leading toward more love. No, it's not. What I'm saying yeah. is it's less love. Yes. Because yes. our idea of love is emotion, and the Stoic is saying don't be emotional. Yes, I think that's, I mean, that's the Stoic is becoming um, plain vanilla introspective. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think maybe maybe being a stoic is if you if you're becoming a stoic is because you're afraid of everything. You're you're afraid to step out of your hole. You know, maybe maybe everybody in the cave, Plato's cave, were stoics. Yeah, it makes yeah almost like yeah, I stopped feeling. Uh huh. Yeah, just stop feeling, because yeah. love is expressive. So to be stoic is don't be expressive. You need to have control over that. You know what I mean? Be a stone phase. Just, just be unmoved by the circumstance. So in that case, you manufacture consent. You don't, you don't sort of consent to something because of how you feel. You have to manufacture it in your brain. Mm-hmm. You logically manufacture consent. Uh, and manufacture consent can be can be attached to the media. Media manufactures consent. They they manufacture a story. So that you will consent to their right, the logic to their position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Right, and that's where we're missing critical thinking. Well, I think critical thinking is totally dead, unless somebody wants to bring it up. I mean, the media has destroyed critical thinking. I mean, that's scorched earth. Mm-hmm. Is there anybody doing critical thinking that talks on the airway? I don't know. Well, I haven't met anybody. Well, yeah. On on the <laughs> on the back channels, it's almost like we have been trained, you know, led to say, look, do your homework, do the research, you know, ask questions. What about this? Well, why are they doing that? Why are they re- redirecting our attention over here? What do they not want us to see? Right. Okay, and that's and I think that's research. I think that's valid research. Uh-huh. Well, uh-huh. It, it, and and here's the thing too. But it be also because propaganda, though. You know, how do you how do you avoid against getting sucked into the vortex of propaganda? Because if it's not love, it's not true. It's all entertainment. Well, what is that? Is that stuck on everybody's wall? I mean, yeah. You know, it's, I mean, it, that's propaganda is propaganda. 
No, but on, but on both sides. Right. Exactly. So then it becomes entertainment. <laughs> I guess in a way, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so then you have to be stoic, <laughs> be unmoved by it, and just you know use your critical thinking skills. Oh, wait a minute. Here's the the thing: is it love or is it not love? If it's not love, it's not true. It's just entertainment. So don't get caught up in it. So, I mean, you can get into the med- you can get into the physiology of how we decide. Um, and you wow. know, you know what else too is in this this last three years that we've been in, and you know, we're we're being trained to look at both sides and you know, ask questions and all that stuff, whatever that leads to, because they're telling us to do that, whether we've dug up some truth, some lawsuit, paperwork, whatever the heck it is, that's secondary. What's primary is that we're learning how to do it. We're learning how to think. But isn't that a process of evolution? Is that the river out of Eden? You know, isn't learning how to think a process of evolution? That's no. not a gift, is it? No, I mean, look at, look at. I mean, I hate to say it, but I mean, there's a there's a whole generation out there of people who don't think, and have not learned, and can't tell time. You know, they there's so many basic things that um, they just don't know. Well. Of course. So there's, you know, there is no training to think critically, to ask questions, to be interested enough to care. So, so would that group then avoid complex phenomenon? Would they not? Oh yeah, that'd be interested. In... No, 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 Mm-mm. no. They're they're interested that Taylor Swift is on the time on the cover of Time magazine. Uh, for what? <laughs> Good question. We're all asking that. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> exactly. She's woman of the year. Or yeah, woman of the year. God, really? Well, I know her concerts create earthquakes. Uh, they did here anyway. Yeah, um, well. I'm not sure that's Time Magazine cover material, but mm-hmm. um, she can. I don't. I mean, I don't really care about her one way or the other. I mean, she's just a she. That is personality. That's just you know. But it's the value. She may not... The value. It's like what? She's an entertainer. Yes. Right. Right. It's like okay. I and and there's talent. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. you know dog on or anything. It's just that um, is she moving the needle? And, and and how did Time Magazine decide to put her on the cover of Time? Uh, what does that say about their cash flow? They've probably got a problem. There's probably a whole bunch of people not reading Time now, but they might be reading it now because she's on the cover. Now, what is it? That is manufactured consent right there. That's a good example of manufacturing a position that causes you to move the needle forward in your case. That's all over the place. You know, approaches New World Order, how to, how to get how to get ahead and they're not the followers i really don't think the followers of taylor swift are going to read the magazine i think they're just going to see her on the cover and buy a ticket (laughs) (laughs) so is that so is that a tactical error then the time magazine yeah i mean that's you know i mean i'm i'm speaking out of turn really it's not fair i'm sure of course we both are i mean we've been speaking out of turn for a whole hour so what you know (laughs) <laughs> yeah i mean i know idea. i read the comments and there's there's legitimate people out there that you know know her story and believe in it and love her for it and all this stuff so you know and, and i'm not familiar with her story so i, I should shut up <laughs> all right well this is not about making making no bad mouth and taylor swift it's about trying to decide how time magazine decided to put it on the cover what you know, that that sounds like it's a marketing decision to me. Right. I think it would be any, I guess any cover would be a marketing decision. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you're on the cover of uh, Millennium Magazine because you're smart and you have a lot of depth, you know, and you're also attractive. I mean, that was a decision those guys had to make, you know, mm-hmm. to put you on the cover. Mm-hmm. 
there you are. So I guess if she's on the cover of Time, we can't really talk about that too much because you're on the cover of Millennium. And Millennium is Warren Buffett's favorite magazine. Yeah. So, you know, at least you hit the, at least you hit the dog a little higher. Well, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, to me, I don't, I don't know. It's crazy. Well, I don't you're know. There. I mean, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's like there's two worlds going on, you know, there's the face of the world and then there's like, you know, real life stuff. Like you're going to the farmer's market. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh-huh. Do people recognize you when you go to farmers market? Oh yeah. Is, oh, yeah. is that Marilee? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're oh. they're very, very kind. And um I have two of my favorite yogurt guys, right? And the one he he I think they're both actually like uh Middle Eastern. I think they both are. And the one guy I said, And what is your name? He's asked me today. And he said, Yasim. He goes, but just in case you forget my name. I said, yes. He goes, call me by my middle name. And I said, okay, what is that? He said, handsome. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's good. I said, okay, handsome, you got it. (laughs) Oh, gosh, that was really cute. So, and then, okay, so this is my my first trip out there, and I got two, two of the yogurts or whatever. And I handed him a 10 and he told me, he goes, oh, it's, um, he goes, it's 12. It's two for, you know, for 12. And I said, oh, he goes, no, 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 sweetheart. Just, he goes, you can, um, he goes, you keep that. He goes, you can give it to me next time or something. And I said, okay, okay, you know, whatever. So then I went to the, you know, my other guy, cause they have different stuff. And, um, by now, I, I have a lot of stuff in my bag, and I've got my coconut milk that needs to go in the refrigerator ASAP. Um, and uh, anyway, I said, I, I go, I'm down to my last $17, so stop me when I get there. <laughs> 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 and then he kind of laughs at me, and I, you know, pick out all my stuff. And I was $5 short. He goes, that's okay. He goes, you don't even have to pay me. He goes, bring it next week. He goes, you want to buy something else? Keep the money. Go buy something else. And I'm like, no, no, no. It's okay. <laughs> so then uh, so then I owed him $5. I said, you know, I'll come back next week. Okay. Well, I rushed home. And on, on my way home, I was realizing, oh, damn, I forgot the cranberry walnut bread. Because Peter likes the, the blueberry lebna with the cranberry walnut bread he just discovered. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay. So I dropped everything off at home and I turned around and I went back. And I went back to the first guy to give him the $5. And um, he's looking at me like, what? You know, and he he makes different types of lebna and dips and things. Some of them have uh, canola oil in them. And I tell him, you know. I can't have the canola oil. I, I won't eat that. And I said, and I forgot. I go, this one has canola oil. And he goes, ah. He goes, I forgot about that. And he goes, all right. So then, you know, he gives me whatever else. And, and we're fair and square. Paid him up. And uh, But that's a, the kind of relationship. You know, it's like, when can you go to to Ralph's? And they go, yeah, go ahead and take it. You pay me next time. <laughs> well, you sure can't do any of this in a grocery store. Right. That's what I'm saying. So then, yeah. yeah, and then so I went back up to now my second trip there. I went back up to my first guy to give him the two dollars that I didn't give him originally. He goes, "I, ma'am." He goes, "Oh, he goes, you're so honest and everything." He goes, hey, and so he took the two dollars. He goes, "Please take another one on me on the house. Pick another one." <laughs> so yeah. yeah, so I gave him two dollars. Yeah. He gave me six. There you go. That's your style. I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm yeah. not, I'm not flabbergasted by any of this. I mean, I just, I can just see you doing it. I can watch you do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I uh, can just see it happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've got my regulars and I just, I go get my vegetables. I get the Lebna. I'll get the breads. I get my coconut milk and a, a bone, like some sort of special bone that Nala likes. I don't know. I can get her that. And oh my God. So I get these dragon fruit, you know, the pitaya, you, you know what those are? They're like um the, I know what papaya is, you know, no, not, no, no, not papaya. Pitaya. Oh pitaya. Okay. No, I don't. Okay. Right. So it looks like um kind of like a cactus. It's it's um 
big, like two-handed type of big oval. And then it has like a spiky cactusy type leaves. And it's the most beautiful pink, deep, like rich, almost not red, but almost. Anyway, so I put three of those in my bag and I'm putting my other stuff in there and he's going to weigh those separate. It was $28. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. <laughs> $28 for three pieces of fruit. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to spoil myself that much. I'll only take two. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, there is a, there's a, there's a, maybe there's a reason to go into the grocery store because I just walked out with pineapples that were 40 cents a piece. Grabbing yeah. the overstock. Yeah. I can't trust that, John. Can't trust that. I know, I know. I I'll let you know how I feel. But, yeah, you, know. you make sure that um, you know. I mean, I don't know. Are they organic? Make sure they clean well, the outside. Well, I don't trust. Yeah, or, I, don't, I don't trust organic either. Well, I mean we, that's just all you all you have to do to be organic is to buy the tape. I know. And wrap it around your stuff. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. It's like who do you trust anymore? It's so true. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. but in any case, you know, you want to soak those pineapples in your baking soda water. Cut or uncut before you cut them? No, before you cut them. And then, okay. okay, and then after you do that for, you know, five minutes, whatever, and you rinse it off really good, when you cut off your skins, you're going to put them in a pot of, of good water, you know, good water, spring water, whatever it is you got. And... um yeah, you can put cinnamon in there. You can put some oranges in there. But then you make your pineapple tea extremely good for you. With the with the pineapple itself or with this peel? The pineapple the skin, yeah. The skin, okay, mm. all right, yeah, all right. Yep. Well, so that's why you're cleaning off the skin then is to make the tea with it? Right. Yeah? You mm -hmm. boil it? Is it hot? You boil it and then let it simmer? Um, yeah, you're going to – you don't really need to boil it. But if you just let it simmer, simmer like 15 minutes and don't yeah. take, don't take the lid off. You know, turn the heat off and just let it sit. Mm -hmm. And then strain it off. Much just like the tea. It's so good. Yeah. Put cinnamon oh, stick in there. Oh, mm -mm. I learned so much from you. It's amazing. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I feel like you're, I feel it's, it's, like it's becoming out of balance. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But you know what I noticed today is when I got home from the farmer's market, I can't wait to eat everything. And I'm sitting there having a spoonful of the coconut lebna. I've got a, you know, a falafel chip in my hand. I'm digging into the, the whatever bean dip that he gave me. And it's just delicious. I can't wait to eat the pitaya. I uh, love the coconut. You know, just everything. The bread. I never feel that way when I come home from the market. Well, that's a learning experience, I guess. Um, <laughs> I never do. There's not, it's just, ugh. I mean, you have an emotional attachment to the market itself. No, but, but I really love the food. I mean, when you think about it, you're eating whole foods. Yes. You have your proteins, you got your vegetables and your fruits and, you know, it's like, then the coconut milk, you know, talking to the girl, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know. How do you get the coconut milk like this so fresh? It's like right off the island. And she goes, the owners get up like 11 o'clock at night and start milking all the coconuts for the morning. I'm like, holy cow. The best coconut milk I've ever had. So it's local then. Yeah. And it's nothing like what you buy at the store. Nothing. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm about it. They have that, and they have uh, the almond milk. She had something else today. I can't remember what it was. And I always get a cup of fresh coconut water. And then she, oh, she had desserts today. And I don't know what she gave me. It was so heavenly. But it was in a small small container. And I wanted the bigger one. She only had a different flavor. And I got that for Peter. But I don't know. It's just so much more enjoyable. You ever go to the food bank and get any food there? No. Mm -mm. They've got great opportunities there, too. I go to the but, food bank once in a while. But the food bank is all food from the market, right? Sure, it is. Well, it's food from everywhere. You know, people people uh, give the food bank stale dated, um, you know, stale dated, about to be stale dated or whatever it is or whatever right. the, the surplus is. 
Right. And uh, and they're always and the food bank always has a surplus because the homeless people, first of all, the homeless people don't know what to do with most of the food in the food bank because they're looking for bricks of cheese and and you know candy and and and, and donuts. Because not because they're stupid, but because they don't know what to do with the other stuff. They have no way to do it, deal with it. Right, right. Or they don't. They don't know they can sit down and actually chew on raw vegetables. Mm-hmm. So um, there's the surplus that's coming out of the food banks. Anybody can can get it. Mm. And um, uh, so I'll I'll stop by a food bank and uh, on a Thursday or whatever the day is, and um, you know selectively pick up some stuff. And, uh, you know, it's free. <laughs> I've spent no money. Well, you know, <laughs> you know what's so interesting about that is that, you know, here's Dr. John LaCasse, you know. <laughs> At the local food bank. Exactly. You know, oh, my God. Multi-million dollar yachts, et cetera. <laughs> Long black cars, motor, fast car. Oh, my God, John. <laughs> But it just goes to show you that we we just we, we do what we like to do, what brings us joy. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Brings me. I mean, joy. when I was a kid, when I was a little, when I was a little guy, a little you know, young man in Montana, we lived close to the railroad, and I, they were then they were called knights of the, they were you know knights of the road, mm. and um, people that were homeless, right riding the rails, you know, mm-hmm. men principally. Mm-hmm. I go down to the camps. I go down to the camps to sit with them, talk. Mm-hmm. Dangerous thing to do today, but not then. It wasn't. There mm-hmm. were guys who were left over from the war. They were going three seas. They were doing what they're doing, and they were eating nine tin cans, and it was fun. It's not fun. That's, that's criminal. It's such a shame. Well, what's a shame? They were doing. I mean, they were doing it on purpose. I mean, that's what they were doing. On purpose. Well, I think so. I mean, that's I mean that's how they got across the country. Yeah. You know, they're riding freight freight cars, and we had a big freight yard, mm. and there was you know there was railroad agents all the time chasing them around, whatever it is, and something mm-hmm. to fire. And mm-hmm. I lived just up the street, and I was a kid, and um, so I could go down there and hang with them. Oh, I was thinking about our veterans. Away. Okay, that's different. Oh, the veterans. Yeah. Well, I mean that's a whole other story. You yeah. Know, we, the veterans have got a problem too. Yeah, but it's course. induced. Were you induced by society, by, by the woke society that goes after the veterans? No. What are you talking about? By the service. The service. You know, who, when, you know, they're discarded. They're not taken care of after Oh, the I see what you mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been a lot of, well, it's, it'd be, the VA has had a lot of issues that they've had to work out over the years. And it's gotten, I've spent a lot of time in a VA hospital. With not for myself, but with, you know, taking care of somebody. Mm-hmm. And uh, wow. The coolest thing, I, one of the best experiences I ever had was I walked into a VA hospital, a waiting room, pulling a, pushing a chair. And a guy I'm pushing has got a, uh, a United States Navy World War II hat on. These guys are all, you know, younger. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was just staggered by the, by the courtesy. And by the reverence that those guys had. There's not that many World War II veterans around anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm pushing this guy into the VA hospital. And, uh, man, I mean, the whole fucking room came to attention. It was great. Just really made my heart sing. Damn. You know. But that's uh, a narrow slice of what the real problem is. Because and the same part of that problem is that you could ask for a doctor so-and-so that you saw last week. And they've never heard of him a week later. Because they were so damn disorganized. The VA was terribly disorganized. Wow. You know, they didn't even know who the staff was. And uh, it was awful. And that, of course, has been worked on. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, there's a lot of problems in the Great Republic, that's for sure. You know, I, I think that could be said for just about any organization. You know, because sure. we're people. And we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. until Sometimes we, we really don't. Yeah, yeah. until we do. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and we're just we're just trying to just get along. Well, I I don't know I I don't. It's kind of like you know one day at a time. I mean, I today I'm doing stuff. I mean, I'm lucky to be in a room that's just got heat. Mm-hmm. You know, right. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, I've got food, right. even though some of us from the food bank, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've, um, I can, you know, I whittle on sticks. I can build figure four traps. I can, you know, crawl in the woods. I can crawl into this. I can do that. And, um, and I'm not, I don't think I'm crazy. I mean, I think I'm, you know. I no, I think that might be a byproduct of being an only child. You think so? Yes, absolutely. Why do you bring it? Why do you say that? Because I'm an only child. And I have no problem entertaining myself. Isn't that something? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I wow. can piddle all the time. <laughs> Perfectly happy. <laughs> uh huh. I'm I'm never bored. Never. Neither am I. Right. Isn't that something? No, I'm I'm I'm. Why well, you could be onto something? Is that written someplace? I mean, is that part of a book, or we just figured that out? No, I'm sure somebody's written it somewhere. I mean, it's psychology, but you know, we just haven't read them all. <laughs> You know, but yeah. Definitely. So if you're an only child, you have an easier time with your own introspection. You yeah. can be satisfy yourself with your own time. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm a. I mean, I really, I you know, I don't need. I don't need anybody. I mean, I I, I hate to say that sometimes because it seems almost you know. I'm full of myself. Right, self-absorbed. But, uh, but That's right. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm just. I'm just. I'm very happy. I'm not trying to get on you or off you. Fuck you, you know? I'm just happy. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let me be. <laughs> it's so true. You know, I mean, I'm good with it. I can entertain myself all day long. But then, you know, when I'm around people, I love to just watch people. Just watch them. So do we tend to be shy then? As in, in the, as the only child, does an only child tend to be shy? You know, I don't know. I I don't know because um, I think somebody for myself, and I think for you too, that you know, if you're around us, you're like the you know the light of the the party, right? Your your energy is definitely there. However, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So it seems like you're extroverted. But not really. Because there's so much stuff going on inside. Precisely. Precisely. <laughs> Precisely. Right on. Yeah. Spot on, Marilyn. Spot on. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I just, yeah. I love living. I just love living. It's such a gift. Yeah, it is. And as you get what get older, well, as you get older, you get beat up, you know. And um, so living is even more valuable. But that's if you want to live. Yeah. And um, I'm pretty happy with. I'll go to bed with the idea of I get to get up and do it all over again. Instead of you know like oh my god I got to get up and go to work. Yeah. That's beautiful. If you can sell that, you you know, that's beautiful. That's gold. Yeah. I wonder how many homilies you could give on how to live life. Probably a lot. How many what? Oh, well, homily on, you know, oh. Marilee's homily on how to live life. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'll write a Just book. Just read your book, I guess. <laughs> Just write, yeah. read a book. Right. Yeah. Well, no, I could write a book. You know, it'd be totally different than the game. Because it, it would be the the result of the game. Well, I think you're you're kind of a function of God's utility, it seems to me. Uh you're well you're well positioned, well rounded, well read, well you're you know, you've got all the stuff. You hit all the boxes. So, you know, you're a utility player. Um from the from a higher order, you you kind of walk both sides of the line pretty easily, and it's I think you you practiced it, and I think it, I think that that's a way that that can happen to people is that they practice they practice into an evolution. Mm-hmm. 
I think that you you're chosen by your effort to be chosen. Mm. Sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. you make the effort. Most definitely. You speak to the if you speak to the cosmos and say, "Hey, I'm interested." You know, what do you think? Here's my resume. Right. Give me a shot. I think if you do that, you're going to get heard. Yeah. I mean, I think you're proof of concept, frankly. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not there. I I keep looking at you, you know, like, like you know, I'm an also-ran horse in the Kentucky Derby. There you are, <laughs> picking up the ribbon. But, um... <laughs> I, well, you know... The whole concept, the idea of being so full of ourself. You know, I've been really contemplating that lately. You know, like, oh, she's so full of herself. Or I'm so full of myself. And it's like, damn straight. <laughs> <laughs> right again. <laughs> I am all full of myself. I'm so full of myself. And, and you know, it's not derogatory. It's what happens when you realize the gift of the experience and that how much you can literally lean on God, which is love, and and live your life in a way that most people can't or don't. Yeah, or they don't they don't do the they don't do their homework. They don't try. It's uh it's kind of a turn off, you know, like, oh yeah, I don't do that stuff. But... Yeah. And it's like don't don't you yeah. want to be like you know, like really experience? this whole thing like really well if god is love and love is the universe and, and everything is that way i mean I, I don't think i think you the probably what's happening is that people are having a hard time getting around the iconic business of religion and they're having a hard time jumping into metaphysics and metaphysics is where the answers are mm-hmm. yeah. the rest of it just are just control mechanisms mm-hmm. right yeah oh anyway Anyway, our we're hour. over our hour. Yeah. No. Wah, wah, wah. Poo, poo. Damn. We got to firewall again. <laughs> I love you. I love you. I'll see you. Bye. Bye bye.